the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Shady Rays. Go to shadyrays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarised sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast's tailor-made stealth two driver giveaway. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver to enter before the big draw on April the 8th. We're also brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake, our fantasy baseball podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data you'll ever need to dominate. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne or London, wherever, uh, in the northeast of England. Uh, today is Monday, the 3rd of January, uh, and we are here to have a little um, reminisce over the weekend and a look ahead to, I think we've got 14 games tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, the 4th. So loads of MLB stuff. Just starting to get into the rhythm of it. Uh, and our crew tonight is headed by Mr. Moonaf. Manji, Moonaf, hello, mate. How are you doing? I'll start off by being nice. How are you? I missed you over the weekend. But you did say it's January 3rd. Did I? Yeah, I think you said oh, January shit. 3rd. I was so proud yeah. that I knew the actual... I knew the number that I got the month wrong. <laughs> I understand. I mean, you're a multi-pod guy now. You're giving out, you know, close to 801 winners. I, I get it. It gets confusing sometimes. But I'll, 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 I'll mention the 801 near miss in a minute. But uh, yeah, it was a, for, for five minutes of my life yesterday, I thought I'd cracked it. Um, also, um, joining us is number 77, Mr. Noah Benick. Noah, hi. Hello. Uh, glad to be back. Um, it was a great weekend of opening day weekend baseball. I'll be nice at the opening too, but I'm going to mention that was hilarious. If you're not watching on YouTube, tune in, subscribe, like the video, um, and see Malcolm just finicking with his backdrop as soon as we go live. I don't know. I panicked. Well, I did the Premier League show about an hour ago, so I've got my Premier League backdrop and my baseball back. So I just switched them, switched them over, but I switched them over with about two seconds left um, before we started. So um, as you can see, if you are on YouTube, I mean, how drippy do I look, by the way, boys? I managed to uh, emancipate my hat and hoodie from uh, the UK Customs and Excise people. So my $75 free gift card, Sean and Ryan, cost me £85. Thank you very much. Very generous. Um <laughs> So, so well and truly out of pocket for that one. Um, but on the plus side, I look a million dollars. So you can't put a price on that, can you, Bush? Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm, it's like the merch store threw up all over you. It, it absolutely does. I'm well and truly merged up. And, and just before we talk some baseball, yeah, for a brief moment yesterday, I nearly cashed an 800 to 1 winner at the Newcastle Manchester United game. I had £8.77 on this bet because I dreamt it on Thursday night. So at that point, you've got to put the bet on um, Newcastle to win 2-0, which they did, with two particular goal scorers. The first scorer hit the back of the net, and the second lad had so many chances. It was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, for a, for a brief moment, I thought I'd won £7,500 on the back of a stupid dream. But long story short, I'm sitting here skint, as I always am. Um, which only means we'll have to pick some uh, MLB winners. We've already got a uh, position playing pitching alert 
today. Uh, first one of the season, I think. They changed the rules a little bit. Does it have to be a 10-run lead or something? No, Noah, do you, know, you must know this. I don't. All oh, right, I, th- I think they changed the rules because there was too much of that shit going on last year. Position first picture. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you do. But it, there was just a, there was a lot of it. Anyway, the Mets, who else have already trotted out? Uh, Lewis Guillory was pitching the eighth tonight uh, as they were ten nothing down um, against the Milwaukee Brewers. So there's already been some uh, Monday shenanigans. There was, but, yeah, just generally position player that pitched. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I think it was from the Nationals, wasn't it? Oh, really? Already this year? Yeah, I must have missed yeah. that. Uh, not the first. <laughs> I've been um, I've been out and full of beer since Saturday, so quite a few things have bypassed me. Um, trying to get in the rhythm then of, of the season, Moon. How was the first weekend gone? Are you, how are you feeling? Have you been handicapping stuff well? How are you seeing it? Yeah, it's been a pretty good start uh, as far as the weekend. Um I know the player props for me did really well. Strikeout props. He went six and two over the weekend between strikeouts and walks. Um, and then sides and totals have been pretty good as well. So at least early on for me, I feel like I'm reading the board uh, right. Um, obviously, we'll have ups and downs throughout the season. But it's been a pretty good start to the season so far. And as I said that today, I had Michael Kopech to go over five and a half strikeouts. Mm. He's at five strikeouts going into, I think, the fifth inning and out, absolutely just turns into Pete Alonso's uh, uh, home run derby pitcher. <laughs> Give up four solo home runs just alone in that fifth inning. So uh, that was a sour taste. But um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, just to answer your question, I feel like, yeah, pretty good read so far on the on the board for MLB. Yeah, hey, I've struggled a little bit. I think um, my locks have been good, although I think any of the locks I've won, I think have been a bit lucky as well. So I'm not sure I've been seeing it great either. My, my dogs haven't been good, but weirdly, all the fantasy teams I've drafted and picked have done really well, which tells me that I was viewing things well in the off season, like when we did the preview shows. I, I was kind of I, I understood where things were going. So. I mean, we're four days in. It's a it's a long way to go. So yeah, we will work some stuff out tonight. Noah, um, have you? How's your weekend gone? I feel like I haven't dove in head first quite yet into the board. To be honest, uh, still sleep schedule just fucked up with working with TCE after dark after dark um, the whole year with college basketball. So it's like my system wants to be up at three in the morning. And the lines are out at that time for everything yeah. that I want to look at. So by the time I wake up, it's like we're doing our show at five. So <clears throat> that's my issue right now. I got to fix my sleep schedule. But uh, on Saturday, it was complete shit show. I went 0 for 3 on the lockdown total. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so not, I can't that remember was, what mine was, but it wasn't far behind you, I don't think. Yeah, that was rough. Um, but uh, opening day treated me well. Uh on my personal bets, I went two and one. And then Saturday was the final four. I went uh, one and three on that, but I have a future on San Diego State that I'm riding. So hopefully they come through. After that, I'll hopefully be able to turn the page to baseball full time. Yes. Well, we've got some winners tonight. We're going to uh, hit the ground running this evening. Um, Tuesday's games start with a 4 10 Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres. Uh, Zach Gallen will get his second start of the season for the Snakes. And Hugh Darvish will make his seasonal bout for the Padres. Um, the D-backs are plus 120 
The Padres are minus 141 and the total here is at seven. So yeah, Gallon pitched um, already this season. The Dodgers got to him a little bit um, in that game. Not a, not a worry for me. Um, I think Gallon, we know what really Gallon's going to give you. He's reliable. He should be fine. Um, I've got no problem with him on the road either. However, I think the key um, form line here is that the Padres got to him quite regularly last season. Um, four games started. Uh, he gave up 15 hits and nine earned runs on 16, uh, 16 innings pitched. So the Padres did have Gallon's number and regularly, not just kind of a one-off. Um, Darvish, like I say, seasonal debut again. Uh, you can trust what he's going to give you. He pitched well in the WBC as well. Um, the Diamondbacks' bats have been quiet so far this season, still waiting really for them to come to life. They're 2-2. Two two. They've competed with the Dodgers, uh, but it's been an underwhelming Dodgers performance as well. I think I, I'm using that, the Padres, um, how, how they got to Gallon last season as my handicap here. And I'm going to take the Padres on the first five innings, which are the, tool, uh, the line there is minus 136. I think Darvish can be trusted... I think they'll get to Gallon for one or two runs. So uh, one or two, nothing to the Padres uh, through five innings for me. Um, that's my pick, Munaf. Yeah, you Darvish last season against the Diamondbacks. Um, five appearances. He was actually 4-0 and with a 1.97 ERA. He finished up with 31 strikeouts against the Diamondbacks last season. So um, I think that, yeah, you're right. I think that success continues if you want to lay the, uh, lay the run line. Uh, in the first five innings, or if you want to take the full game, um, because Diamondbacks, I don't think, had very much success scoring runs against you, Darvish. So if you want to take first five run line, or if you want to take um, the full game run line, I'm quickly trying to go through the game log here because in those five, in the four wins, the Padres won every one of those games by at a minimum of two plus runs. So um, I would not be opposed to first five run line or the full game run line. Uh, no way. Uh, D-backs at San Diego. Yeah, it's still early on in the season, and a lot of things that we're going through is more historical data between the two teams. But for me, I think both of these teams are much more improved than in years past against each other. So I kind of threw that out, out the window here early. Um, for me, you, you mentioned uh, that the D-backs uh, didn't have like the greatest day at, or greatest weekend at the plate offensively, Malcolm. I didn't think the Padres were that great at the plate um, against the Rockies. Yeah, that's fair enough. Both these teams, bottom half in the league in OPS, it's only three or four games uh, for the for the league. But um, both teams, the bats haven't really showed up to play so far. So I love that first five under look. Uh, okay, so next game up is a... What times this? I've managed to sort my times out, by the way, boys, uh, after... Last week's minor fiasco. I think it's January, but I've got the times right this time. <laughs> um, the 6.40 Eastern time is the Chicago Cubs at the Cincinnati Reds. And it is Aiden uh, Wesneski. No, you're the Polish expert. Are we going with a hard V or a soft W at the start of that? That's a soft W, I believe. Okay, so it's like Hayden. He might not even be Polish. That was bordering on the races. Sorry. Yeah, the uh, Hayden Wesneski. The ski, we get it, you know. Yeah, and we've got Lewis Sessa, who will go for the Cincinnati Reds. The Cubs are minus 130. The Reds are plus 110. The toll is sat at nine, and Munaf has this entirely under control. Munaf. 
I'll just call him Hayden. Um, two starts <laughs> last season. Uh, against the Reds, he was uh, pretty good. Um, 11 innings pitched, 11 hits in those two starts last season. Uh, three earned runs, uh, ERA of .82 in those 11 innings pitched. Uh, like you mentioned, Luis Sessa last year, 4-4 four and four with a 4.7 ERA. But I think what kind of stuck out to me that jumped off the page was that he wasn't very good uh, at home for the Cincinnati Reds, just 1-2 and two with a 6.08 ERA. Uh, he did have six appearances last season against the Cubs, two of which was which were starts against the Cubs. 14 innings pitched, 10 hits, eight earned runs, three three home runs he gave up, and then 14 strikeouts. Reds won both of the starts uh, with Luis Sessa against the Cubbies last year back on September 8th, a 4-3 victory for the Reds. The, on the on October fourth, a three two victory for the Reds. So, uh, you can slice this up in a couple ways if you want to take uh, the money line on the Reds. I'm sorry, uh, take the money line on the Cubbies here uh, at minus one twenty. I kind of do like the under in this game. No, sorry, that's not right. That's for today. Minus one thirty for the Cubbies tomorrow, and the under yeah. nine. Uh, I think both uh, these pitchers do have some good success against one another, and I think that whether you want to take a first five under or a full game under, I do like the under, and then I would lean with the Cubs on the money line at minus 130 right now. Okay, so we have to take the Cubbies. Noah, what have you got? Yeah, I'm right there with him on the under here. Um, both, like Munaf said, both these guys have had good numbers against each other's teams in the past. Um, Wisniewski is the way to pronounce it. I looked that up. And uh, he has one start against the Reds, and the expected batting average against him was only 105. So he pitched great against the Reds. Um, and Sessa has two starts against the Cubs, and uh, the metrics look great for him as well. The Cubs actually played a little bit better than what I was expecting against the Brewers uh, early on. Um, I know I maybe have been a little bit higher on the Brewers than others, but a lot of these guys, when they were making contact, it was hard contact. Like a lot of them are. Uh, averaging in the upper 90s in exit velocity. And the Reds, they won the series against the Pirates. They looked okay, but I can't trust that competition. I like the Cubs. I, I would favor the Cubs here, and the under nine is my favorite look in the game. Yeah, uh, team right here. I had the Cubs written down a uh, couple of reasons. Uh, high hopes to uh, Wes Nesky. I think he's going to have a good season. And really... Um, Moon off picking the Cubs a couple of times early in the season kind of turned me on to them. I started looking at them a little bit closer. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they're, they're probably a little bit better than I gave them um, a little bit of credit for. So I'm happy to uh, either ride with the Cubs or at least jinx Moon off one way or the other. And we're saying uh, that and we had a couple of guys locking the Cubs over. I was one of them. Yeah. I was well, kind of that is what initially made me doubt myself um, because I was way under and I did sort of listen to what the boys said in the preseason shows and then Moonaf picked them on it uh, as a dog first game up. So yeah, I'll, I'll ride with them. They've started well. The Cubs at 130 is a good price. Um, new sponsor uh, is exciting. Shady Rays. Uh, you can kick off the new year with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes. Uh, with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company, uh, durable frames, and extremely clear optics uh, for outdoor adventures. Uh, top class, as good as any really expensive um, pair that you've ever bought. Um, Shady Rays offers great protection in all of 
their eyewear. Um, lost and broken replacements available as well. Um, if you lose or break them, even on day one, they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear them with confidence. Uh, you can look good and feel good uh, like I do in my new Swaggy merch. Today, they've denoted over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Race. Their team always has you back exclusively for our listeners. Shady Race is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarised sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. There's not many sponsors we've ever, ever had that sound better in my accent than Shady Rays. Uh, it's a real good Geordie thing to say, Shady Rays. Uh, so enjoying having them on board. Right, let's have a look. Where are we going next? Bosh. We will go to 6-4 Eastern first pitch is the Minnesota Twins at the Miami Marlins, where Kenta Maeda will be on the bump for the Twins and Sandy Alcantara goes for the Marlins. Um, the Twins plus 125, the Marlins minus 145. The total is set at seven. Noah has this covered. Noah. Yeah, so <clears throat> the Twinkies swept Kansas City over the weekend. And Miami lost three or four to the Mets. The uh, pitching matchup here is Maeda and Sandy Alcantara. Like Malcolm said, Sandy is looking to bounce back after a four walk, three run, 5.2 inning outing against the Mets. That was very much unlike him in the 2022 year. Um, we're seeing this plus money with the twins, um, a lineup that looked pretty good. Uh, early on uh, against the Royals in that first series. The, I mean, Kansas City's rotation is not the greatest at all. I think it's like bottom five in the MLB. So it's tough to know how good this Twins lineup is going to be this year. But uh, I'm going to back Sandy here. Um, it's the first Luis Arias revenge game as well. Arias had. Here we go. An is that, I think weekend. that's the first revenge game of the season that you yeah. boys have trotted out. You know how much that annoys me. It's not a thing. Arias went five five for eleven with two doubles on opening weekend. So I think with the Marlins ace and Arias a little bit extra geared up here for this game, I, I like the Marlins to win it. Not a ton of confidence because I do want to see the Twins line up against somebody that somebody like Sandy's caliber. Okay, uh, moving off. I was just quickly looking up how Sandy has done against American League teams uh, in his career. Um, the wins just haven't been there for him. Four and seven with a uh, ERA is very still respectable at 3.33, 91 strikeouts and 16 appearances. Last season, he did face um, two American League teams, both at home. One was against the Mariners, where he allowed five earned runs in five and two-thirds of an inning. And the other one, he threw eight shutout innings against the Angels. Um, I mean, it's Sandy at home. I can't, I can't bet against him. I think the one play that has really been profitable for Sandy at home is taking the opposing team's first five under. Um, I think the Mets got to him in the sixth inning, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. Yeah, so he only gave up one earned run within the first five innings. So I think if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. Um, I would go with uh, 
Twins team total under in the first five innings, and then maybe look at the Miami Marlins first five innings money line. Okay. Um, I remember everybody laughing when I drafted the Twins in our World Series draft. Well, you're not laughing now with the three and all record, boys. I mean, played the Royals. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much uh, guaranteed a World Series spot at this rate. Um, Who do they play this uh, weekend, uh, Malcolm? Can you remind me? Mate, they can only beat who they put in front of them. They couldn't beat any of the other teams. They weren't there. Don't okay. you worry about that, Moonaf. Let's okay. just s- stick to the facts, mate. That's what we'll do. <laughs> um, I'm taking the Twins again here because why not? I'll tell you what. Uh, because the total's low and obviously Alcantara's going, but Miami score so few runs that Minnesota were always going to be in this, regardless of what the score is after this first five. If you want to play the first five under, which is a great play, then Minnesota can go and win it late because it, there'll be never more than a run or two behind. Um, and Minnesota have been admittedly against a, a poor Royals rotation, but they've done everything they were able to do against them. So, yeah, I just think the value um, really again, this Marlins lineup isn't doing an awful lot for me. Uh, so I'll take it. Happy to take a punt on the underdog here. Give me Minnesota um, at plus 125. Uh, next up is. Oh, come on. There we go. Uh, 7.05 Eastern. First pitch is the Tampa Bay Rays at the Washington Nationals, where the left-hander Josh Fleming goes to the hill for Tampa Bay. And Chad Kuehl, um, favourite of the show for Washington. Uh, the Rays are minus 169. The Nationals are 6-4, plus 150. Totally yeah, is set at 8.5. Um, both of Pitchers making the first start for the season. So we're kind of looking at last season's uh, stats for them. Josh Fleming was poor. 2-5, uh, 6-43. He was up and down from the minors all year, pretty much. He managed seven starts um, and he struggled in all of them. His numbers aren't great, but it's not as if it was one blow-up that kind of that skewed them because uh, it was quite a small sample. He was poor in all of his starts. Um Chad Kuehl, I think, got quite a lot of pelters on the show all last year. He didn't even have those home road um, Colorado splits that we talk about where we mentioned it with uh, Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland last week. Chad Kuehl was just terrible everywhere. In fact, he was even worse on the road. Um, so the total for this is high. Uh, it's it's The total's here at eight and a half. I don't trust the Washington bats to chip in here. So my play is going to be um, on Tampa Bay runs. So team total, you've got a couple of options. The chalkier option is over four and a half um, at minus 136. Or if you're feeling a little bit more exotic, you can go to over five and a half, which is a price of plus 110. Um, like I say, I, w- I was leaning over, but Washington have scored seven runs in three games. Where Tampa Bay have got along quite nicely. So I think Tampa Bay will score some runs here over four and a half or over five and a half, depending on how flashy you feel, Munaf. Yeah, I mean, Chad Cool last season just fell off the face of the earth after the All-Star break. 0-6, the 9.00 ERA in that span. around 45 earned runs and 45 innings pitched um, after the All-Star break. Just, just not great. I mean, I think you're right. We definitely checked the weather. Uh, if you are going to bet the over in this game, but I, the only way I can look is fading both of these pitchers. Um, I like your call on the Rays. Maybe take a look at Rays team total first five innings if you want to go that way. Um, but I think yeah, we do see runs in this game at over eight and a half. 
Uh, Noé. Yeah, right there with Malcolm. Um, uh, whoa. What did we just do here? Yeah, that was like, me. I pressed the wrong button. You're good. Right there with Malcolm. Um, for personally, like the way that the Rays looked against the Tigers, it was a major league team against a minor league team. And I'm putting the Nationals in the same bin as the Tigers, personally. So the Rays hit the Tigers like crazy. Um, and the Tigers weren't able to do anything against the pitching staff. Now, Fleming, I, I don't know if how long Cash is going to let him go. I expect a short leash if he gets into trouble, and that bullpen's amazing behind him. Um, so the team total for the Rays would be a great look. Run line, even, uh, from me. And personally, I saw this on the timeline. There was a prop market for the last team to lose in the MLB. The Rays were the pick at plus 900, and they open up the year with a series against the Tigers, a series against the Nationals, and a series against the Athletics. They could go 9-0 and here out of the gate. Nice. Um, the YouTube chat is live and kicking as always. The usual suspects are in there. Aye, aye, captain, for the second time this evening. And... Uh, CBB Nick 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 familiant 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 something like that. Um, Nick, how you doing? Nick's the, Nick's the yeah nerfy guy. Uh, he's he's offering to come on the show with some nerfy picks, which should be which should be fun. Um, hey, so thanks for joining us, everyone. That's how you bet the MLB in the summer. Grab a market, know your market, and just yes, yeah, why not? Um, next up, seven oh five Eastern, the Philadelphia Phillies at the New York Yankees. Uh, Matt Straub, left-handed pitcher, uh, goes for the Phillies. And Domingo Herman for the New York Yankees. The Phillies plus 125. Uh, the Yankees minus 145. Total at eight and a half. Munaf. Yeah, Matt Strom, like you mentioned, was with the Red Sox last season, uh, coming out of the bullpen for them. Um, four and four record last season, 4.83 ERA. On the road, he was just one and three with a 4.74 ERA. Did face the Yankees six times out of the bullpen, like I mentioned. In those six games, he went five and two-thirds innings, allowed three hits, one earned run. So not a lot to go off of. Domingo Armand, I think, is the more... <sighs> Picture that is very difficult to figure out because he will give up the runs. Last season, he was two and five with a three point six one ERA uh, at home. Last year, he was two and one with a three point seven eight ERA. I know he was dealing with an injury and uh, injury suspension last year uh, for the Yankees, but um, he did come back in July for them. Did have a rough outing in his first start, I believe, in July. But after that, he was pretty good in the months of August and September. Then in one game. In October, he did get blown up by, I believe it was the uh, Astro. No, it was the uh, Texas Rangers in that game. But I think he is prone to giving up some runs. Yeah, I think Matt Strom will, will as well. Maybe look at a first five uh, innings team. Uh, sorry, first five innings over. If that number's at four and a half. Um, but we saw the Yankees bats are able to get some uh, big home runs from you know uh, Stanton and Judge. Uh, and I think the Phillies can contribute as well after Domingo Herman. So I'll look at it first five innings over in this game. Full game, I would lean with the Yankees, but I think my more favorite play would be the first five innings over. First five innings over for Munaf. Oh, no, Munaf. I've got some bad news coming for you. Um, um, Nick's telling us that this is one of the two nerfy games that he's got lined up for tomorrow. So write that down. Uh, Noah, you seem like the sort of bloke who knows stuff about Matt Strong. 
What I'm going to go here is I didn't like what I saw from the Phillies on opening day weekend. Um, and I'm going to overreact with it. Like, I, I think they're missing a couple of good, <laughs> a couple of big clubhouse pieces in Harper and Reese Hoskins right now in that lineup. And I was quite high on the Rangers in the offseason. I just wasn't putting any money on them in the future for reasons of health because you can't count on that kind of stuff with them, uh, especially. But I saw even what I was nervous about with the offense. The offense showed up and they blasted some key pieces in that bullpen and Sir Anthony Dominguez and Alvarado. Like, uh, for me, I, I can't back the Phillies team right now. So I'd be on the Yankees side. And even the first five, I kind of like the Yankees here. I felt quite confident about this. However, my pick is the complete opposite of Moonafs. It was the first five under for a couple of reasons. Um, one big in what you just said about the Phillies, I don't think they don't look good at all. But I quite like Matt Strom. Um, he generally a long reliever. However, they have they tried. Was he at the well, the Padres? Was he not at the Tigers a couple of years ago? Noah? No, I imagine that. I don't. Um, I'm Padres. sure. Yeah, it might have been. Um, and he's really different. Um, pitcher to, to lefties and righties. He kind of has a different arm slot. It's a, it's a peculiar sort of thing he's got going on. Uh, but he's really tricky to read, actually. So I just thought the Yankees might have some problems with him early on. That, coupled with the fact that the Phillies are struggling, and I thought the first five under um, was a nice play there. So uh, me and Munaf at loggerheads, uh, and we'll see um, who gets it right. 7-10 is the Pittsburgh Pirates at the Boston Red Sox. Ranzi Contreras goes for Pittsburgh. Uh, Nick Pavetta goes for Boston. Contreras in the Pirates, plus 130. Pavetta in the Red Sox, minus 149. Total is set at nine. I gave this game to you, Noah, because I know you are a big Contreras guy uh, and you are almost certainly going to take the Pirates here. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so, I'm not wrong. Uh, you're... You're not wrong. I'll be on the Pirates at the end of the cap, but not not convincingly. The Bosox competed and won a, just an absolute lightning fest in a three-game series against Baltimore. Um, but I say pump the brakes on our reactions from that series personally because I think the Orioles' offense is pretty good. They averaged 7.6 runs in, those, in that series. Personally, I think the Orioles' pitching staff is the worst in the MLB uh, starting rotation and in, in – specific um so i'm not drawing any reactions from that series i kind of saw what i thought i'd see from the red sox uh lineup there and the pirates opening day series was not anything out of the ordinary in my opinion from what i've seen in pirates baseball and what i kind of expected i think we're seeing some value on pittsburgh though knowing boston's offense faced a brutal orioles staff and i'm high on rosie Contreras, who's pitching for the buckos um as for boston Nick Pavetta is on the bump. He had a 6-11 ERA this spring with a 17.2 with 17.2 innings pitched. He did have 21 strikeouts though, and that's where I'm going to go again. I like to fade the Pirates uh, with the whole strikeout thing. We hit with Hunter Green on opening day. Um, it's not going to be a bad look here. The Pirates had a 27% K percentage versus Cincinnati in the opening weekend. Pavetta had more strike. Oh, had a strikeout. Uh, 
over a strikeout per inning in the spring training. I tried to say, but butchered. So that's going to be my favorite look here. I'd say if it's six or less, pull the trigger on Pavetta's K's. And Pittsburgh money line plus 135 on DK is not uh, a bad look for his side. Okay. Uh Moonaf Megafan, Cameron Kurz joined us in the chat, Moonaf. So could you give us a, a toss of your beautiful hair and then handicap this Pittsburgh-Boston game for us? Uh, with Pavetta, man, I mean, if you kind of just go through his splits from last year, there was months where he looked, uh, I don't want to say Cy Young worthy, but he looked like a frontline pitcher for this Red Sox team. But then there was other times, like in the month of April last year, where he was 0-3 with an 8.27 ERA, where he looked like a number five pitcher for this Red Sox organization. So I think last season there was more months where in appearances where he looked more like a number five guy versus a frontline pitcher. He did have a good outing against the Pirates last year where he did go seven innings, only allowed one uh, hit in that span. But I think you you just got to continue riding the over for this Red Sox games until either the market adjusts or we see some pitching showing up for – the Red Sox. I mean, we saw it this weekend with the Orioles. I know they're a bad, um, have a bad pitching rotation, like Noah mentioned, but the Red Sox pitching rotation is not that much better. Um, Contreras did face his Red Sox team last year um, in a game in Fenway Park, and I believe he did struggle in that game as well uh, against the Red Sox. So I think that number is nine right now for the total. I, I'm yeah. going to go over, man, until I see some improvement from pitching. For both of these teams, especially the Red Sox, I can't get away from the total. So last year, just for context, Contreras against the Red Sox, six innings pitch, four earned runs, four walks, and three strikeouts. I know that was in Pittsburgh, I believe, but now going into Fenway Park, I just see more runs being scored until the books adjust and until we see some pitching. So over nine for me. For what it's worth, the Pirates lineup's kind of been playing hero ball throughout the weekend. O'Neill Cruz had a big game that uh, resulted in it was three RBI and then Brian Reynolds had the only source of offense in the other game. So it's like they're, they're kind of struggling to put big innings together from what I'm seeing. So maybe a Red Sox team total. Um, I'm not, I'm not particularly high in the pirates offense, Malcolm. Um, G Juan Bay ran really, really, really fast though. So I quite enjoyed watching that. Um, Captain Sado is telling us that the Red Sox and the Overs might just be a system play uh, this year. I picked, um, I said last week that first time through the rotation, you just got to pick your guys. If your guy's going, you've got to pick him. Contreras is one of my guys, so I'm going to take Contreras. Pittsburgh on the money line. I'll pivot off him when something terrible happens. But give me the Pirates at plus 130. Uh, next game on the schedule is uh, 7-4 Eastern first pitch. Back to the top of the page. I remember it's the New York Mets who are at the Milwaukee Brewers uh, with Max Scherzer going for the Mets. Wade Miley, left-handed pitcher for the Brewers. Um, Mets minus 161. Uh, Miley and the Brewers are plus 140. Total is at eight. Moonaf, tell us about it. Yeah, Max Scherzer uh, in his first start, which was against the Marlins, uh, 
guess he was okay. Not Max Scherzer standards that we're used to seeing. Um, did I believe? Yeah, he did win the game though, but he did have uh, a finish with an ERA of four point five zero. Did allow three earned runs in uh, six innings against the Marlins. Uh, but like I mentioned, the Mets did get the victory there, five to three, uh, with six strikeouts for Scherzer uh, against the Brewers in his entire career. He's three and three with a two point one four ERA, eighty six strikeouts and eleven appearances. And since the 2021 season against the Brewers, he has a one in one record with a 1.50 ERA, 19 strikeouts. And in those two games, he had 10 strikeouts and nine strikeouts uh, against the Brewers. You know, Med- uh, Wade Miley, I'm sorry, has been more of a journeyman for the past several seasons. I know he spent two seasons with the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and he was with the Red Sox for a span there. Um, so he's kind of been bouncing around for. Uh, uh, in his career he was with the brewers back in the 2018 season last year with the cubs and now with the milwaukee brewers um against the mets in his career he's one and one with a three point uh three point 3.72 era uh, and he's actually been pretty good against his mets team since the 2021 season as well uh with a one in O record and a 2.70 era I think for, uh, Mike Scherzer should have some success against this uh, Brewers lineup that has really just struggled to score runs. Um, I know they put up a 10 spot today against Cookie Carrasco and the Mets, but I think this is a good bounce back for uh, the Mets with Max Scherzer on the mound. So uh, I'm going to go with Max Scherzer. If anything that comes below a seven and a half on his strikeouts prop for Scherzer, I will take the over on his strikeout props. Okay. Um, the Mets at the Brewers for you, Noah. Yeah, Munaf kind of took it right from me. Um, the 10 spot that the Brewers just put up, that offense is not capable of doing that every day. I think they kind of just blew their load for tomorrow. So I think <laughs> I think the Mets is on a nice boomerang spot here for a nice bounce back. Um, the one guy, maybe if you want to cue in on a Brewer, like in specific on this offense, it's Christian Yelich, 10 for 34 against Scherzer in his career with three homers, but he does have 11 strikeouts. And Munoff did point out about the strikeouts. Um, Scherzer does have a very good uh, strikeout percentage against this Brewers squad in his career. I'm trying to find that real quick. Um, but uh, it's 32%, which is very high. So that Scherzer strikeout prop, it's not a bad look either, but I'll definitely be on the Mets on this bounce back spot. Um, I took the under eight here. Um, obviously, Scherzer um, is part of the reason, and I don't think the Mets bats have really uh, clicked yet. They sort of they scuffled along uh, past the Marlins. They were getting blanked last I checked against the Brewers tonight. So, and I don't mind Miley. So I thought under eight looked like a reasonable total for that one. Um, Talking about uh, blowing your load, as Noah's just done, uh, sword vitality here uh, to help. Uh, self-care is cool. Self-care is manly. Be proud of taking care of yourself. 40% of men are affected by impotence at age 40. Nearly 70% of men are affected at age 70. So stop buying dodgy gas station pills or hiding little blue tablets in your sock drawer um, if you manscape. But why are you not taking care of the plumbing? Sword Vitality helps increase your blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man. It's time to become a Sword Vitality man if you want experience and erections in the morning. Talking about Sword Vitality should be as comfortable as anything else men talk to you about to their partners. Um, three main benefits. One, increase blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man in the bedroom. 
Two, sword vitality can help increase your stamina. Three, you don't have to hide it. You can be proud of it. Unsheath your sword. Noah, I am not going to say SFX. We'll do the sound effects ourselves. Schwing. Visit swordvitality.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a nice discount at the checkout. That's swordvitality.com. Promo code SGPN. Uh, the Golf Gambling Podcast are giving away a tailor-made driver as well. That's fancy. Uh, completely free to enter. Um, the draw will take place on Sunday, April the 8th. Um, so make sure you get in by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. Next up is a 740s and first pitch between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, you say Kikuchi. Um, goes for the Blue Jays. Um, Chris Bubich goes for the Royals. Two lefties on the mound. Minus 161 for the Blue Jays. Plus 140 for the Royals. Total set at nine and a half. Man, you're taking your life in your hands trying to handicap this game or certainly um, trust either of the pitchers. Uh, first time out for both of them this year. Kikuchi, 5.19 ERA last year. Bubic was even worse. 3.13 record, 5.58. Kikuchi was worse on the road than he was at home, where he was terrible. He was terrible in April last year. Um, and his ERA against the Kansas City Royals, boys, nearest nearest the pin. Shout me a number. For who? I can Kikuchi. Kikuchi against the Royals. Uh, expected batting average of 284. Uh, are you talking about his career or just no last year? last last year's Iori? Uh, I'm gonna go like near nine. Forty point five. Oh beautiful. is the answer. I <laughs> only <laughs> pitched not point two innings, um, but they smashed him around a bit. Um so yeah, the problem is, however, uh Boobich is just as bad and was worse at home as well. The total's high, expected I just think you have to go over. Casey will have to help. They haven't uh, put back to ball yet this season uh, so they'll have to join in we need a little bit of help from the Royals but um, Dr Kikuchi should be able to sort that out for them I'll take the over nine and a half Munaf. I know Kikuchi had a good spring training but I want to see it at the major league level when you say Kikuchi and Bubit give me the over with you I'm not going to expand any more on it <laughs> okay Noah yeah my lean initially would be over but uh, I'm not putting any money behind it. I like this Royals lineup. They faced the Twins, who I don't know if I don't know how good their pitching staff is yet either. Like the Twins has a huge question mark for me personally. I know Malcolm's high on them. Um, I want to see their lineup against Sandy, and I like to see their pitching staff against a better team than the Royals. I was high on the Royals lineup initially, but they're young. Um, currently throughout the first three games of the season. Their batting average is 133 as a team. They have a 494 OPS, which is good for 29th in the league and the 30th worst batting average. So the offense, like Malcolm said, has not shown up, and I am not putting any money on the over, although with these two pitches, pitchers, that would or should be the play. Okay, maybe just, maybe just a Blue Jays team total over. Sorry about that. That's all right. You crack on. Uh, Seven forty-five Eastern first pitch, where two lefties will go to the mound. Yet Dylan Dodd uh, for the Atlanta Braves and Stephen Matz for the St. Louis Cardinals. We have lines of 
Where are the lines? Plus 115 for Dodd and the Braves. Minus 135 for Mats and the Cards. Totally a set of eight and a half. Noah, back to you. Uh, Dylan Dodd, you're a rookie guy. What were we expecting? Shout out our guy TV DBJ from TCE, uh, our live chat. He's in there every night. So nice to see him join in in the MLB pod. Um, but yeah, I'm... I like Dylan Dodd in college. Uh, he was with Southeast Missouri State. Um, he's a nice prospect. He's making his MLB debut here, though it's against the Cardinals. Um, when he's going good, he's missing bats. He had a two ERA in 18 spring training innings this offseason. He averages a strikeout per inning, but when he's gotten hit in the minors, he gets hit hard. Many people with more access than I have uh, said that Jared Schuster, who is another rookie for the Braves that just made his debut against the Nationals, was going to be better than Dodd. But Schuster did not look great against Washington. So take that for what you will. Steven Matz, though, is starting for the Cardinals. And last year, Braves slaughtered left-handed pitching. I feel pretty good about this over eight and a half on DK. It's minus one Oh five. So I like that. Okay. Uh, Munaf Dodd against Max. Yeah. I didn't have a lot for this game. Um, I'm just going to go off of everything. Noah just mentioned, um, you know, Steven Matz has kind of been up and down as well. Anytime I see a do see a rookie pitcher coming up, I tend to want to fade them or, or at least take a team total over for the opposing team. Maybe the moment's too big. Um, but, yeah, I, I could look, look only towards the over as well. Okay. Um, I handicapped uh, Steven Matz really positively here. I've, I've followed him quite closely for a while um, since he was on um, my New York Mets captain in Seno. Um, but I watched his, I saw a couple of his spring training starts and what's going to benefit Matz a lot, I think, is the pitch clock. Um, he works fast anyway and it just really just helped him get into a rhythm, get the ball, throw the ball. He was he struck out a lot of pitches in spring and he, he was just doing things. He looked really, really comfortable. So I'm going to take a bit of a punt here. Um I like St. Louis on the uh, money line at minus 135. I think he can take them on the run line as well. But I'd be looking for a Stephen Matz K prop. Um, I don't know in the meantime if uh, Noah could possibly dig one out for me. But yeah, but some, uh, a nice over five and a half Ks for Stephen Matz or something like that uh, would do me as well because I am quite high um, on him this year. Next I don't game see is. Any K props out currently, but. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled in the Discord channel or on um, Twitter, Tally site, the usual places where all of our picks eventually turn up uh, when we see lines. Uh, 8.05 first pitch, Baltimore Orioles at the Texas Rangers. Uh, Tyler Wells goes for Baltimore, and it is Andrew Heaney, left-handed pitcher for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Baltimore are plus 125, and Texas minus 145. Total here is at 8.5. Again, both on debut for the season. Uh, well, seven and seven, four twenty-five ERA last year. Heaney four and four with a three ten. Uh, Wells was a little bit better on the road, three eighty-one ERA last year. Um, but he did start last season really badly. Actually, it took a little while for him to get going. Um, in four games he played last year, we'll hit a five fifty-four ERA. Um, so if he's a little bit rusty again tomorrow, he could be vulnerable. Um, Heaney. It just seems to, in fantasy circles, his name's been on everyone's lips for as long as I've played the game. Like, um, always injured, came back in August last year and pitched well right the way through until early October. 
Short starts, he he reached six innings once, he reached five innings twice. He was he was going three, three point two, four point one. How stretched out he'll be, I don't know. He does get a lot of strikeouts, so it could be worth taking another strikeout prop on Healy, but again, we're dependent on how long he goes into the game. Um, I like Texas first five here. I think Healy's going to pitch well. If you do get a short start out of him, it'd be long enough to get him to get the win early on. I think Wells is vulnerable. Um, so yeah, Texas first five, um, minus 136. Texas first five run line is plus 175. Um, and I don't mind that either because I do think Texas have scored a lot of runs um, this weekend. So why not um, Why not put a little bit on Baltimore? Noah's already given you the pitfalls of the Baltimore pitching staff. So I think Texas can get to them tomorrow. Munaf? Yeah, it almost seems like that they are last season or over the past couple of years that anytime I – and I, I should have had the numbers on this. Every, anytime Andrew Haney kind of gets to the third time through the lineup, I think that's where he's kind of getting into trouble. Um, but I, I want to see uh, Andrew Haney, and I know last season with the Dodgers, he was he was pretty good. Um, I think I really do like your your look on the strikeout props for him tomorrow. It just depends on how long his leash is tomorrow uh, for the Rangers. Uh, Tyler Wells last year on the road, five and five with a three point eight one ERA, was better on the road versus at home, where he did have a four point seven nine ERA for the Orioles. Um, I, don't think he has faced the Rangers in his career. Let me just double check that. Actually, he did it back in 2021, but that was only out of the bullpen. Um, Rangers, bats look good in the, in the first series. I think you got to continue backing them. Rangers, first five, team total over, or I agree with you, Rangers, first five, uh, money line, or even the run line. Okay, Moodaf agrees with me. Uh, hold on to your hats, boys. Noah, what have you got? So I'm kind of going to go the other way, and I want to play a game with Malcolm that he played earlier on uh, the show. <laughs> um, Malcolm, can you guess what Andrew Heaney's ERA in his last two appearances against the Orioles is? 27. Yeah, it's 17.6. Oh, not bad. Um, Half a point. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> not great. And Cedric Mullins, Ramon Urias, and Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, all have home runs against him in those two games. And the last appearance he made, it was for the Yankees against Baltimore in 2021 in September. He only got one out. He gave up four earned runs on four hits. So it hasn't been great history against the core of this Baltimore uh, lineup right now. So I can't put money on Heaney, although I like how the lineup has hit so far for the Rangers. So an over here wouldn't be a bad idea. Okay. Uh, Just a uh, quick, sorry, to expand on that against the Orioles. Five career appearances. He's given up at least four earned runs in four of those five. It does go all the way back to 2015, but like Noah mentioned recently, with the Yankees in 2021, he gave up four earned runs in both of the uh, appearances against the Orioles. Eight, 10 Eastern first pitch, Detroit Tigers at the Houston Astros. Uh, Matt Manning for the Tigers, Fran Bavaldez for Houston. The Tigers are big, plus 235. Houston are short, minus 278. Tolls at seven and a half. Uh, Moonaf, your hometown Houston Astros. Yeah, Matt Manning's been a pitcher that has kind of, or not kind of, but has struggled in his career on the road. Um, it's only been two seasons with him, but he's kind of just took a look at the splits. At home, four and five with a 3.99 ERA. 
on the road, two and five with a 5.97 ERA. Um, he's given up 71 hits, 40 earned runs, and 16 and one third innings pitch on the road. Um, Framber Valdez, he's just been solid for the um, Astros. Um, at home, I, and this is a pitcher that I really want to back at home, and he's at home here at Minute Maid Park. So last season against the Tigers, Framber Valdez, 15 innings pitched, did give up 15 hits in those 15 innings, but he only allowed two earned runs, had 15 strikeouts against the Tigers. Astros won both of those games 3-2 to two, and then 7 to nothing against the Tigers. Uh, Valdez at home since the 2021 season, 12-6 and six with a 3.39 ERA. Um, I would look at only the Red, sorry, the Red Sox, the Astros run line here, minus one and a half at minus one thirty. Or if you want to take a look, at the first five inning run line uh, for the uh, Astros, or even a first five inning team total for the Astros as well. So, but it's all Astros here for me, fading uh, Mad Manning and the Tigers. Yeah, cool sign. Everything you said, it was. It could only be Houston run line minus one thirty. Uh, Detroit did nothing. Um, to dispel our fears that they were going to be shite this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree with you, Moon Off. Noah? It's a retweet for me, too. Uh, fading Matt Manning early here. Uh, really, just, I don't like what I see from him. And Valdez at home is frightening a little bit for an offense that did not show many signs of life in the first weekend. However, Valdez does not have great underlying numbers against the Tigers with a uh, expected slugging percentage of 434. So I'm not predicting the Tigers lineup to come alive for the first time all year against Valdez. However, some of these guys have seen the ball pretty well off. So I would go with an Astros team total over here, whether it's first five or full game, but that's it. Okay. Uh, 9.40 Eastern first pitch. Cleveland Guardians at the Oakland Athletics. Um, Shane Bieber uh, will go for Cleveland. And JPCS, left-handed pitcher, goes for the A's. Again, prohibitively short Cleveland, minus 208. The Athletics are plus 180. Total stands at seven. Uh, no, we quite like JPCS, what we see of him, but they've got the work cut out again. Shane Bieber tomorrow. We do kind of like J.P. Sears, and the A's picked up that one win against Otani when he was on the mound, but got blasted in the other two. Sneakily, through the first weekend, this is something that I really want to watch this year. The Guardians are tied for fourth in the MLB in stolen bases. Miles Straw has two. Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario, and Andres Jimenez all have one. That is what I think it's going to be a great way to make money this year. I don't know if it's going to happen against the lefty and J.P. Sears, but I don't know if I'm going to be on the show tomorrow to mention that um, in this series against Oakland. Um, but L- Langeliers, Shea Langeliers is a rookie catcher for Oakland. So I think that Cleveland's going to have a green light here against the Athletics on the base pass. As for the game, um, Shane Bieber and J.P. Sears, like you mentioned, are starting. I think the Guardians' bullpen is too good for the Athletics to steal this one on the money line. But Oakland plus one and a half, if they can keep it within reach, minus 105 on DraftKings is my best look here for a side. Okay. Uh, Moonaf, Cleveland to Oakland. 
Yeah, I didn't have much for this game. Um, Shane Bieber did face this A's team last season. Um, actually, in April, he went seven innings, gave up seven hits, only one earned run, did have seven strikeouts in that game. But um, the, I believe the Guardians ended up winning that game um, three to one. So I'm maybe another expecting a low scoring game here between these two teams and these two pitchers. Maybe look at a Oakland A's team total under or a full game under. Uh, agree about what Noah said about the stolen brace, uh, stolen bases. Uh, market for the Cleveland Guardians, but um, as far as the game, yeah, uh, A's team total under or full game under for me. Yeah, if these rule changes of all the MLB teams um, are made for Cleveland, I think you've got to. It's almost like Cleveland made the rule changes to to suit themselves. Um, I'd leaned under as well. I would like an extra half a run. I think I'd take seven and a half. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I can see Cleveland eking out a kind of bits and bobs three-one here with a couple of steals and um, a, a couple of scrappy, a couple of scrappy runs. But yeah, it's not my strongest play in the card at all. Probably be uh, my weakest actually. But yeah, under seven, um, Cleveland eke out like I see a bit of a, a bit of an ugly win. I had the lead cap on that game, so I remembered to bring it up. But the other team that I wanted to mention, I mentioned it preseason. It's the Baltimore Orioles. Very aggressive on the base paths. Jorge Mateo doesn't have the greatest batting average. He's not getting on base all the time right now. He does have two walks, two hits, and nine plate appearances. So he's getting he's getting on base enough. He's got four stolen bases in, four, in two games that he started. Um, Cedric Mullins also has three bags in three games and up and down the order, they've got speed Hayes, Frazier and Ryan McKenna all have stolen bags on the year so far. Um, great team to look at for the stolen base market. I'll, I'll touch on it more throughout the year, but those are the two teams early on that I can trust on the base paths. Um, swiping bags are here early. So. Okay, two games to go. Uh, 9.40 Eastern time, the LA Angels at the Seattle Mariners. Jose Suarez, lefty for the Angels. Luis Castillo for the Mariners. Uh, plus 140 uh, for the Halos. Castillo and the Mariners are minus 161. Total is at seven and a half. Noah, back to you. So Seattle looked impressive against uh, Cleveland. And L.A. may have woken up on the weekend against the Athletics. Our probable pitching matchup, like you mentioned, is Jose Suarez and Luis Castillo. Both pitchers have faced the team, each other's teams a few times in their careers, and their numbers are not great. Um, the current Mariners roster has a 315 expected batting average, 401 ex-WOBA, and 554 expected slugging percentage against um, – Suarez and Castillo isn't much better than Suarez. And he's stated in the past that he doesn't really like pitching in cold, chilly weather. Um, I know firsthand I've played with a lot of Hispanics in college and they personally do not like the chilly weather because um, they are not used. They're not just, they don't play in that growing up at all. Um, so the current angels roster is batting or it has an expected batting average. So what, we can predict in the game a 275 with a 414 x woba and a 614 expected slugging percentage my favorite play here is the over seven and a half it's minus 105 on DraftKings, and take a look at mike trout props 
He raked at Seattle last year, and he's two for three with a home run against Castillo in his career. There was a series last year. It was a five-game series where he had, I think it was six home runs in that series. It was just absolutely insane. He loves hitting. Um, What do they call it now? It's not Safeco anymore, is it? T-Mobile Park, I think. T-Mobile, yep. Um, my pick here was first five under um, because I like Suarez. He was great last year. And obviously you can trust Castillo, but you pretty much talked me out of that, Noah. Um, so I might just take a live about turn here. So yeah, I've got first five under written down just because I trust them both. And like I say, the Angels bats didn't, they were okay the weekend. Um, but yeah, I just fancy both pitches could, could keep this tight early on. But like I say, you've kind of, turn me off that so i'll pump the brakes a little bit moving off what, what did you have i really didn't have much for this game i was just going to go off of what you guys said but oh. um <laughs> yeah i i guess i would lean towards the over but yeah nothing official for me but i do agree about what noah said that mike Trout just has a lot of success at t-mobile park slash formula known as uh safeco park so definitely look at some mike Trout props okay the final game on the card is a 10-10 Eastern first pitch. The Colorado Rockies travel to the LA Dodgers. Herman Marquez gets the start for the Rockies. It is Julio Arias for the LA Dodgers. The Rockies are plus 215. Um, Arias of the Dodgers minus 256. Total at 7.5. Is it a big dog to finish? Man, Herman Marquez needs to go to another team because this guy has just been so good on the road as a pitcher for the Rockies. Um, and we know the numbers uh, at home at Coors Field for him. Um, he's had actually success against his Dodgers team in his career, especially in L.A. He has a 3-2 and two record with a 2.49 ERA against them in L.A. Last season, 1-1 one one with a 3.75 ERA against the Dodgers, 15 strikeouts. Now, in all nine appearances, or sorry, eight appearances against the Dodgers in L.A., um, I believe the last seven appearances, so seven of the last eight, have seen a total combined runs of seven or less. Um, so, I, again, I backed Marquez uh, last week against the Padres. I think he got the job done there. Um, against the Padres, he did really well in that um, in that debut. Six innings, two earned runs, only allowed. Uh, Julio Urias, I did pick him to win Cy Young um, for this upcoming year. He got off to a pretty decent start against the Diamondbacks. He went six innings, only allowed two earned runs in that game. He has struggled against the Rockies uh, for whatever reason. Um, I'm just trying to pull up his numbers here against the Rockies. He has 1-0, but he has a 3.99 ERA against the Rockies in 34 um 34 strikeouts in seven appearances at home. He has struggled in Coors Field, but this is in Dodger Stadium. I'm going to back the total here, the under at seven and a half. I think we'd see a gem of a uh, outing from both of these pitchers. I am going to sprinkle a little bit on that plus, uh, sorry, on that plus 205 and also on the plus one and a half. I think there's some great value on that run line for the uh, Rockies in this game. So um, under for me, plus 205, sprinkle a little bit on that and then on the plus one and a half at even money for the Rockies. Yeah, Moon. I did think that you would take the Rockies there, plus 215. I've got the Rockies down uh, here on the money line. Again, it's, it's a small number. You're talking it down even lower, which is great for me. But just, I think the Rockies are live. And at that price, we saw the Dodgers at the weekend. They weren't stellar. Um, relatively low scoring, one, two, lost two. I just think you have to take, if the two options, you have to take Colorado uh, plus 215. The Dodgers might win. 
but Colorado will still be the correct pick. So yeah, uh, Colorado plus two fifteen for me, Noah. Yeah, so I'm gonna retweet everything you guys said about the matchup, and I'm just gonna go right into a trivia question. There's a tie <laughs> for the home run leader currently in the MLB. Do you know who the two players are? Oh, well, we do because Captain Insano posted it in the chat about 30 oh, seconds did? ago. Noah. <laughs> oh, you mother! Yeah. <laughs> okay. I could have so- pretended to be really clever then and see. Is yeah, it um, CJ Cronin? Um, is it Team yeah. GB's Trace Thompson? By the way, is that who we're talking oh, about? God, Trace Thompson. Yeah. No, sorry, no, Moonaf. Team GB's Trace Thompson is his full name. Lord. All right. Well. Um, <laughs> Insano ruined that moment. But, you know, they both had three home <laughs> runs on the year. Trace, they all I, – I believe they all came in that one game. Yeah. Um, CJ Crone is on an absolute tear. He's batting 467 with three home runs, seven RBIs. He's seven for 17 on the year. And against Julio Urias, he has two home runs. He's not striking out very often, and he's seeing the ball really well off him, seven for t- – 27 uh, and 24 with a 292 batting average. A good look for over total bases is CJ Crone. So, um, yeah, every I like everything that you guys said on the two games, but Crone is on an absolute tear. <laughs> yes, we're in the Crone zone, Noah. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 14 MLB games handicapped, uh, but we will go to locks and dogs. I need to get some uh, some stuff over the line here, but we'll let Moonaf lead off because I might just copy him. What have you got, Moonaf? Uh, all right, a couple ways to go here. Um, I'm going to go... Hmm... I'm kind of looking to. <laughs> I think I really do like the under in the game that we just talked about as my lock between the Rockies and the Dodgers, Marquez and Urias, under seven and a half as my lock. Uh, for my dog, I am going to go. Hmm. Man, this one's tricky. There's not a lot of dogs that I do. I mean, do you like, boys uh, not prepare this stuff before dogs. we come on air? No, am I the only person dogs. who's... You're the only one that's always prepared. I'll say that. I mean, I'm always wrong, but at least I know I'm going to be wrong an hour in advance. Ah, uh, man. Um... This is great. Great audio, this moon. I've come on. This, is, this is really is. Um... <laughs> you know what? Give me the <laughs> Orioles on the money line, plus 115. I think okay. Noah sold me on Andrew Haney's um, lack yeah. of success against the Orioles. Um, I think it's a good price for them. I think they uh, they can get to Andrew Haney early and often. Um, I don't see a first five inning line, uh, first five innings money line for them. I, I would probably pivot to that, but, but just for show purposes, give me the Baltimore Orioles plus one fifteen on the money line. I can see a plus one twenty five here, Moon off. So there's probably a few more points in that if you shop around. And uh, Noah, what have you got? Yeah, so I'm going to mention my dog right here right now because I didn't like many of them on this slate today. I'm going to go with the bounce back for the New York Mets against the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers scored 10 today. They beat them 10-0. I think the offense for the Mets show up, and the Brewers' offense is not going to put up 10 again. I like the Mets minus 1.5 plus 115. And for my lock, I'm going to go with Seattle and Los Angeles Angels over 7.5 minus 105. Um, I kind of mentioned it in my handicap just two games ago, so I won't repeat it all. But if you look under the hood at some of these StatCast predicted numbers, 
it's not great for either uh, Suarez or Castillo. So I like that over for that game. Okay, I was um, really, really tempted to give out the Rockies as my dog, but I'm going to keep it a little bit less extravagant. Um, I'll put out the World Series uh, winning Minnesota Twins as my dog, plus 125 um, at the Marlins behind Kenta Maeda. And my lock is going to be that Tampa Bay Rays team total over four and a half um, against Washington and Chad Kuehl. Uh, they can easily get to five. I mean, the plus five and a half is plus 110. But I'll lock up the plus four and a half at a price of minus 136. Um, and that is a show in the books. Uh, Moon Af Noah, do you have anything else to tell the people before they can go? Just as usual, subscribe if you haven't already to the YouTube channel. Leave us a rating and review. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I have. If Absolutely. You know what? Thank you. Listening it live. Um, so the game tonight, San Diego State and UConn. Um, look to see if your you have your book has the market for most outstanding player. It's basically the NCAA tournament's MVP, and it usually goes to the winning team. If San Diego State is able to pull off the upset, they're I think like a plus three twenty five dog currently. They don't really have a star player. Their star player is Matt Bradley, who hasn't played well this tournament. The guy who did get him winning shot, Lamont Butler, you can find him at either plus 900, plus 1,200 we've seen on the market currently. Uh, Kramer tweeted it out earlier, um, and I'm kind of taking this off of him. He's had a great tournament, not just that game-winning shot. So look into that. Have some fun tonight. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, I had a little winner tonight on the Premier League, Noah. So uh, I've got a, a few funds burning a hole in my pocket. So I might just invest that. Um, yeah, that's everything for me. But um, go and listen to the Premier League Gambling Podcast. It's great. Megan Barry are very funny, uh, and we picked all the winners this weekend. So what's not to like? Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, we'll be back in some format tomorrow evening. Um, but until then, good luck with all your bets, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>